This morning I am beginning a brief series of homilies on the fourth chapter of John. Along the way in these homilies we will explore Jesus' conversation with the thirsty Samaritan woman. But first today we have to get Jesus to Samaria. So our text comes to us from John chapter 1 beginning John chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus is baptizing more disciples than John, although it was not Jesus himself but his disciples who baptized, he left Judea and started back to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. By your Holy Spirit, O God, be gracious to our seeking of a word in these moments that can come to us only from your Spirit. This we ask in the name of the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ. Amen. When our text begins, Jesus is in Judea, where through his disciples, he has been baptizing more people than John the Baptist. So Jesus and the disciples were having a very successful ministry in Judea. So Jesus decides it is time to get out of town. What? In my line of work, I get to listen to a lot of pastors. I've never heard of one of them say, the ministry was so successful, I just had to leave. <laughs> but apparently, Jesus did not measure his success by the number of conversions or how large a crowd he was drawing or how successful he was being against the arguments provided by the Pharisees. We're told two chapters earlier that many people began to believe in Jesus because of the signs that he was doing, but he would not entrust himself to them because he knew what was in their hearts. So Jesus did not entrust himself to those who believed in him and affirmed him. And he did not entrust himself to the judgment of those like the Pharisees who criticized him. He trusted himself and his mission to the Spirit of God that came upon him in his baptism. And that mission 
was not to baptize more people than John. So what was the mission? Well, we start to get a clue in the next couple of verses. We're told that he left Judea, which was in the south, and started to Galilee, which was in the north. But he had to go through Samaria to get there. He had to go through Samaria. Did he really? We know that observant, righteous Jews traveling between Judea and Galilee would never go through Samaria because they didn't want to get contaminated by the sinners who lived there. So instead, when they're traveling between Judea and Galilee, or Galilee and Judea, they would always go to the east, around Samaria. It was as if Samaria had a beltway that went all around it, a heavily traveled beltway, and you would be fine and safe just as long as you stayed on the beltway traveling between Judea and Galilee. But no, Jesus, as the text says, had to go through Samaria because the mission he had received from the Holy Spirit included Samaritans. This had to be disconcerting to the disciples. First, Jesus has pulled them away from their very successful ministry down in Judea. And now he is leading them into the depths of Samaria where no respectable, righteous Jew belonged. If you stay with Jesus, he's going to show you some new exits off that beltway. He's going to take you to some places you've not been before, places you may not be comfortable going. He may take you to the inner city, a place that scares you because you're not familiar with it. Or he may take the exit off the beltway to suburbia, frankly, a place that frightens you even more. He may take you to the very place from which you were hoping he would save you. He's not taking you there to fulfill your dreams. He's taking you for the, there for the same reason he's going there, to provide living water to thirsty people. That's the mission. Then our text concludes by telling us that after he arrives at this Samaritan city called Sychar, he stops and he sits down by a well because he was tired from the journey. Again, what? 
Can Jesus get tired? Can he get tired of me? That's a question I choose not to press. I'm going to just stay with the text here. It says he was tired from the journey. Yes, Jesus can get tired. So much of our popular Christology is shaped much more by Superman comics than it is by Scripture. We say, don't we, that like Superman, he came from another place. He can do the most miraculous things. He stands for truth, justice, and the American way. <laughs> That's another sermon. There was that kryptonite cross problem for a while, but Jesus bounces back in the end. <laughs> no, that's not our Christology. That's not our story. The very first chapter, John makes it clear that Jesus is the Word of God made flesh, real flesh, not some Gnostic sort of flesh that's just concealing another God. No, a flesh that can get tired and weary, and worn down, even in fulfilling the mission. But this is also the mission of Jesus Christ, to take on our weariness. When you are made weary by the journey, or by the work, even the right work given to you by the Spirit. When you are made weary by the criticisms, or even by all of the success because of the burdens it brings, you have to know that there is a Savior waiting for you at the well. And when you are made weary by the insatiable thirst that perseveres in spite of all of the theology you have learned, come to that well to find this Savior who also knows about thirst and who knows about living water. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.